This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 3. This is Writing Excuses, self-publishing. 15 minutes long? Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. But we are all self-published. I'm Howard. I'm Nandi. I'm Victorine. I'm Tammy. And I'm Bridget. And we are all, in point of fact, self-published. We are also all on stage at WXR 19 on Liberty of the Seas in the Gulf of Mexico. Give it up for us, live audience. Thank you so much. This has been, this has been great fun for me, and it's been a huge learning experience for me. Um, as, as longtime listeners of Writing Excuses are probably aware, I make my living by giving away the comic strip for free online, and then selling books, selling ad space, doing Patreon subscriptions, whatever else. And yes, that is a full-time living. And when I say I make a living, that's Sandra making it into money. And I just hide in the studio and draw pictures and, uh, and write. And it's a, it's a joint project. It is, it, is not, it is not independent. It is very codependent. It is a two-person project. Um, and, and it is a model which I'm very familiar with. But a couple of days ago in uh, the Olive or Twist Lounge up on deck 15 in the rear, uh, I was talking to Bridget about uh, Kindle Unlimited and self-publishing. And, and it, as part of this episode, we're going to drop some numbers. Uh, Bridget, drop some, drop some numbers on us. How are you, how are you doing with self-publishing? So I um, published my first book uh, last September, right before the Writing Excuses cruise that I went on. So I started, put my book out, and shortly after that came on this cruise and had very few numbers to share. And in one year, I put out seven other books. So I have a total of eight books out, and I only made about $5,000 in the first four months. And then I've made about 89000 since then. So slow start, but as you start to get your books out and you learn marketing and you understand how to make the um, book that you had more visible, then you can earn a significant, significantly so higher amount of money. 89 plus 5 is Yeah, so 94, 94 grand. That's my total author income so far. That's a solid number. For uh, Vic- my first year. That's a very solid number for a first year. Victorine, how, how are you doing? Um, well, I hit the jackpot with my first book because it hit the New York Times bestseller list. And um, I would say the first probably three years of self-publishing, I made about $40,000 a year just with one or two books. Then I took a little time off, and so I made um, some less money for a couple of years. Then I started really studying the market and publishing books directly to a certain market. And so since then, I've been able to make about fifty dollars to $80,000 a year. I'm really close to hitting that over six-figure thing now. So I'm hoping to do that soon. Tammy? Um, I've, I've been posting since 2013, um, but it was really just a lark when I started. Uh, actually, my kids published my book for me as a surprise for Christmas. Um, and so I really wasn't serious about it other than I just kept publishing them um, and, and wasn't really writing to market until I actually encountered Victorine and the Ride Gals. And 
got some good advice. And since I've been following that, I went from, I was probably making thirty, $35,000 a year. And um, I just had my first uh, $10,000 net month. So I'm pretty excited about that. That is, that is amazing. Nandi, how are things going for you? Because I, you, I think you, when we talked a little bit in the pre-show, you're, you're counting things a little differently. Yes, the way I'm uh, self-published is a little bit different. Um, I'm actually published on Wattpad, which is a story-sharing uh, website. Um, so the jury's kind of out on how much money I'm going to make through this. Right now, it's a, it's a nice uh, <laughs> goose egg, but that is going to change um, because my story uh, did pretty well on Wattpad, and it was actually picked up um, by Wattpad Books. So while, while it was on there, it gained me about a million reads and 25,000 followers. Um, so it's being published um, through Wattpad Books um, in January of 2020. Uh, and it'll also go, the uh, Wattpad version will go behind a paywall once the story is published. Um, the, the distinction there between reads and follows mm-hmm. seems like it might be an important one because one of those numbers is way larger than the other one. Yes. Um, Make sure I understand this right. Reads is the number of times the book was accessed and read. Yes. And follows is the people who have what, subscribed to you? Exactly, yes. Uh, Wattpad works a lot kind of like a social media site. Um, I, I almost like to call it like a YouTube for books. Cool. Is there a similar sort of metric for for Amazon for what, for what you're doing, uh, Victorine, Tammy... Uh, when, when you're published on Amazon, if you sign up for their Kindle Select, which means you agree to only publish on Amazon platform, they put your book in what's called um, Kindle Unlimited. And then people can read your book. If, it's kind of like Netflix for books. And they can sign up for this program and they can read it for free if they pay the program, the monthly fee. And so we get paid per page read through that program. So if you, if you have a lot of pages read, it can really add up to quite a bit of money. Bridget, I, I think you were doing the same thing, weren't you? Yeah, I did the same thing. And what happened is when I first started, all my friends um, that I had met had told me, oh, we make most of our money off of page reads. And I think the only people that bought my first book were like my friends. <laughs> and um, so I had a lot of sales, but no page reads because I didn't have visibility. And so um, I had to start learning techniques for gaining visibility, and then my page reads went up dramatically, and now I probably get about two-thirds of my revenue is from page reads. And the thing I think that's interesting about page reads is that you can slap up a book that's lousy, and you will get no page reads, because people can check it out, read the first couple of pages, say, oh, this book is junk, and check it back in. So your book needs to be in there, but it also needs to be good enough that it holds people's attention and that they want to read your other books. And then, depending on the length of the book, you can make... 20 cents or you can make 250. You know, if it's really long, you'll get paid more because they're reading more pages. Victorine? Oh, sorry, Tammy. I'm so many people at this table. It's terrifying (laughs) me. Uh, Yeah. One, one difference with me is because I have some of my books are not exclusive to Amazon. And so they are not in the Kindle Unlimited program. And so um, I have, I have one series that is uh, five books, and the first book is actually perma-free, which means that I have made it free on uh, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, and those platforms. And then Amazon has price-matched 
as free because you cannot set your price free on Amazon. So Amazon has price matched it as free. And so that one is, is out there. Anyone can read it and uh, usually stays. Um, I think right now it's in the 700s in free books on Amazon. It usually stays up above 1,000. And then people hopefully will buy the rest of the books in the series and read them um, if they if they actually read the book. A lot of people just download free books and don't even read them, but you get a certain percentage of, of read-through on that. And then the rest of my, probably most of my money still comes from page reads. Okay. A um, couple of terms that I, I, I want to make sure we're understanding. Uh, wide means... Means published in other places besides Amazon. Okay. So wide means that I'm published on those other channels. Um, and by the way, like if, when, when Victorine made the New York Times bestseller list, her books were wide. You can't make a, a bestseller list without, without publishing on all the channels. Let's pause for a moment for the book of the week. Somebody was going to pitch oh. a book to us. Okay. Um, yes, I'll, I'll just recommend the, the last uh, good book that I read by an indie author named Emma St. Clair, and it's called The Billionaire's Secret Heir. And uh, it's a really fun book. Uh, I don't know if you like billionaire romance stories, but this one is... Uh, a clean or what we call a sweet romance, meaning that there isn't any sex in it. Um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have any heat. It, it, it's a, uh, they really are attracted to each other, but it's a, a book that um, people who object to reading um, sex in their books would enjoy this book. And um, uh, it, it's, it's a cute idea. The, the man and uh, his wife... Uh, were unable to have children and had um, had used a surrogate mother to have a child. And then many years later, I think uh, his, his wife had passed away and the child is like seven years old and he ends up meeting the girl who was the surrogate mother and she becomes the nanny and then you can just guess what happens, but it's really <laughs> sweet. But... I, I want to I w- I address the potential... Uh, elephant in the room might not be the right term. Uh, I get the feeling that there's a lot of romance in the genres that you guys are working within. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in part that's because you're dealing with, the three of us are all, at least to some extent, in Kindle Unlimited. And um, and when you say three of us... I'm sorry, I'm... Bridget, Victorine, Tammy. Correct, yes. that's right. Um, and so... Kindle Unlimited specifically has a lot of people who subscribe um, who like romance. And I think in part that's because a lot of people who read romance tend to be voracious readers. And so paying $10 or $12 a book, if you're reading two books a day, gets cost prohibitive, cost prohibitive in a hurry. And so they tend to sign up for Kindle Unlimited, and that means that you get a lot of immediate audience who are interested in reading your books if you're in that genre. So I write about half romance and half young adult. And my romance is a much easier sell on Kindle Unlimited. I mean, obviously, it's not technically a sale because they're just downloading it and reading it. But those, I get way more page reads for way lower ad spend, whereas I get a lot more sales in paperback and in ebook um, on my young adult than on my romances. I almost sell no paperbacks in romance, but I sell a lot in YA. 
Yeah, and yeah. I'll piggyback on that. Um, the trend is the same on Wattpad as well. You will see a lot of romance. You're going to see a lot of books titled things like uh, The Bad Boy and the Nerd or The Billionaire and or The Gangster's Girlfriend and things like that. Um, and they, they tend to do really well, kind of for the same reason that voracious readers like to read things at low cost, in this case, free. Um, but that said, I would encourage anyone who um, is looking for feedback or who wants to share their story to post on Wattpad regardless of what you write, because as long as you put it up there, there are niches for horror, fantasy, things like this. And if you look, you can find them. Yeah. And I, I want to pose that question to, to all of you. For our, for our listeners, um, if they want to make a living on Kindle Unlimited, or if they want to make a living, you know, ebooks going wide, uh, does it have to be romance? Do, they, yeah. do you have to write seven books a year? No, definitely not. I know authors who are writing in many different genres. Um, uh, they probably need to be genre fiction rather than literary fiction or middle grade. Those are the two that really struggle with self-publishing. But I know authors who write mystery, who write thrillers, who write science fiction, who write fantasy, all of them six-figure plus authors. Um, doing really, really well in that field. Um, my suggestion would be to go on Amazon and look at the top selling indie books in whatever genre you write in and you're passionate in and pick up those books, pick up five of them and read them and look at the commonalities between, the, this is what the reader wants to read. And so if you can look at what readers want to read and you can write in that space, you can do very well as an indie author. We often caution our, our listeners uh, against writing to the market, but with Kindle Unlimited, I have this sense that the market changes daily. A new book can come out and spike the list, and you can pick it up and read it and understand what the market is consuming right now, which is uh, you, you could be pretty agile in your, in your production. Bridget, you said that you did some research about marketing and positioning your books and things like that, and we don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, do you have some, some secrets you can share with us? So I don't know if this is a secret per se, but my number one advice is even when it's hard to take, take advice from the people who know what they're doing. So Victorine's sitting right here with me, and I'll tell you that when I put out my very first romance, I said, I don't care what everybody's telling me. I must follow my heart. And I got a photo shoot of a normal-looking couple because I said, all these romances have models on the cover. I want normal-looking people on mine. And I put it out, and nobody bought it. And I had like 10 friends reach out and say, your cover's horrible. And I was like, what do you know? People want regular people. And it turns out they don't. So um, I had to change my cover, which meant I paid for a cover twice. And I paid for a photographer that I didn't need because I ended up using a stock photo. So that's just one example. But there are people in the indie community who, if you go find some groups, they are very willing to help you. Victorine's one of them who was like, Bridget, this cover's not good. Um, I know because I'm a cover designer and also I make a lot of money on my books. You need to change it. And it wasn't until I listened to that advice that I did not want to listen to that I started to get progress and traction with the marketing end. You've got to have your book branded right and you've got to have something that hits the market because even though it's always changing, there are things that you can look at and say, ooh, this is working or this isn't. And the great thing about indie is you can change it. So I had that cover that did crappy for a month and I changed it and my book went whoosh, straight up. 
after I got a better cover on it. So there is, the neat thing about indie is you don't just put it out there and if your publisher bought 50,000 copies, too bad. You can put it out there and say, oh, this didn't work. Let's try changing my title. If you own the ISBN, you go change your title, you give it to Amazon, bam. You've got a new title, a new cover, it's rebranded, and all of a sudden it can do dramatically better. So listen to the advice. Even if you think you're smarter, you're probably not at the beginning. And find a group of authors that know what they're doing, right? Because I'm part of a Facebook group called The Writing Gals, and we give tons of advice. Just, you know, when people ask questions, we tell them what to do in order to be successful because we want to give back because we have been very successful at doing this. I'm looking right at Nandi. What what do you got for us? (laughs) Uh, Well, in terms of... um, I'd like to give kind of advice on not necessarily secrets or tips, but one thing that was really um, useful to me on Wattpad specifically is that you can interact with your readers directly. And I will do things like actually ask them questions um, chapter by chapter. Whose side are you on? What do you think about this? And I actually took that information and incorporated it into my edits. Um, So it's kind of a unique and amazing thing is that I'm literally in my readers' heads as I'm writing. Um, And it can be a a benefit and a downfall, and you don't want to tailor your book too much to what readers think, Um, but it can be a really cool thing um, that most writers don't don't have access to. At risk of uh, plugging the writing excuses retreat again, uh, this morning, was it this morning? I can't even remember what day it is. Uh, Dong Wan taught a class on the first two pages and and the hooks. Uh, how important is that kind of thing for for you in this market? Fantastically important. You have to be um, as good or better than any of the other choices they have out there, right? And on Amazon, there's billions of books they can choose from. So your craft has to be on point. And definitely people will look, pick up a book and look at the first couple of pages. So you, it has to be excellent. In fact, I had a, um, a good friend who told me straight up when I asked her to join my street team that she doesn't have time to read. And so I said, that's fine, no problem. And a couple of days later, she contacted me and said, I saw your book on Amazon, and I just read those sample pages that they let you read for free, and I had already offered her a free book, guys. <laughs> I just read those sample pages, and I could not put them down, so can I have that free book? And then she plugged me on her group, which is like a deals page, and I sold like 580 copies of my book that day. And it was just because my sample pages were good enough that they drew her in and she wanted to read it, someone who doesn't read. If your sample pages, if your first two pages are crap, you're not going to sell your book, you're not going to get page reads. I want to say something about writing to market. I, I think um, when when Victorine first was talking about it, I was a little bit put off by the idea because, you know, I'm an author and I have things in my heart and I don't want to compromise myself for money, right? Um, but uh, you can write from your heart and write well and you don't have to put down your standards. You can still get your message out there like uh, I have a a billionaire romance series, uh, which you know you think is pretty corny, but but my particular series is based on a group of men who met when they were teenagers at a camp for kids with disabilities. So each one of my heroes, even though they are billionaires and they do happen to have six packs and you know are really good looking, they also happen to have um, disabilities, which I felt like was just un- underrepresented in un- underrepresented in romance books. 
So you can still do that and still make money and, and reach out to people while riding to market. Yeah, absolutely. I would um, co-sign that. Uh, my book uh, deals with a character who is uh, similar, has a similar background to mine, which is Caribbean and kind of uh, West African culture. And um, I wasn't uh, sure how it would do on Wattpad. And um, to my surprise and delight, it's done really well. And a lot of people have connected with my character. Uh, and I think uh, self-publishing and online publishing are great ways to kind of um, prove certain um, conceptions about what sells wrong and get your story out there. Last question. We've talked a lot about business. We've talked a lot about, you know, agility and market and, and, and whatever else. Are y'all still having fun? Absolutely. You, they're nodding for those of you lacking the video so, feed. So I'll everybody's that- nodding. So when I uh, first decided to go indie, there was a lady named Elena Johnson who sat down and spent her entire lunch talking to me because I had an agent and was insistent that I needed to go traditional. Um, and she basically said, why, do you, why haven't you ever considered indie? You've been pursuing traditional for a long time through a variety of frustrating obstacles. And I said, well, I write YA, and people that are indie don't do well with YA. And she's like, well... They may not do quite as well as romance, but why don't you try both? You might actually like writing romance. And I said, like writing romance. Well, all of my YA has a romantic subplot, so I don't know why I was so obtuse that I didn't see that. But I now write both. I do a YA series during the course of the year and a romance series. So I put out several of each. And I like the romance as much as I like the YA. So I am still having a lot of, I mean, I'm writing what I want to write. And I don't have to argue with my agent about whether or not it's something someone will buy. Because I can put it up and then people buy it. So... I'm having a blast. I'm on a writing cruise, and I get to write the whole thing off. <laughs> Better than that. Yeah, and I would say, um, on my, my day job, I'm a dentist, and, and I've said before that, you know, honestly, if I just wanted to make money, I would just work a lot of hours at the office and make money. Um, and so, I mean, I, I write because I love to write, and if it wasn't fun, I would quit. Yeah, absolutely. And um, actually, I... Started listening to this podcast in 2014, um, and I told myself, okay, one day I'm going to be on this podcast. And um, thanks to, yeah, thank you, thanks to the um, taking the chance of putting my stuff up online, um, now here I am today talk, plugging my, uh, my first debut book on the Writing Excuses podcast in this, the year of our Lord, 2019. So, <laughs> Nandi, you're, you're doing a great job, and I promise you right now, I'm actually more nervous than you are. Um, <laughs> Who's got our homework? Uh, that's, that's me. That's Bridget. Um, so Tammy just explained that she's a dentist. I'm actually a lawyer um, as my day job, I guess, although I'm not doing as much. But I did a couple of podcasts for the Writing Gals. You can look them up on author taxes. So your homework is this. No matter where you are in your writing journey, you need to start thinking about how to be smart about the business of writing. And that involves teaching yourself through the podcasts that I did that are way too long and way too detailed, um, or go out and do the research yourself, talk to a CPA, and start finding out what things you can deduct. And there are two main ways you can deduct them, but I think that goes beyond the scope of this. But start keeping track of those expenses, whether you're going to deduct them annually or whether you're going to roll them all together as startup costs when you first start making money. Either way, you need to start getting your ducks in a row so that when it becomes money for you, like $94,000 in a year, you know how to get it down so that you don't pay the IRS a third of that. Okay. Um, Before I say that we're out of excuses, I would like to acknowledge the presence of the Writing Excuses Cruise audience. 
we've had we've had a great time out here, and I haven't done very much writing, but I know that some of us have written like forty thousand words while on a ship, and we're not going to name drop anybody. I'm just going to say, fair listener, you're out of excuses. Now go write. This episode of Writing Excuses was recorded in front of a live audience by Bert Grimm and mastered by Alex Jackson. It was hosted by Howard Taylor with guests Victorine Liskey, Tammy Deeran, Bridget E. Baker, and Nandi Taylor. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 